Welcome to the Love City Arts Podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow. I wanted to create a space where artists could come together and encourage all of humanity through the arts. So welcome to that space. For more information, to follow my journey and the journey of all of our artists, visit andreintheflow.com and lovecityarts.org. Please enjoy today's episode and thanks for listening. Kids NYC was created by Miss Maria, a local Harlem mom to a two-year-old daughter. Maria is a flute player who majored in music education at the University of Florida and earned her master's degree in childhood education from Brooklyn College. Maria has worked as a music teacher for over eight years and has founded elementary music programs throughout New York City. As a working mom, Miss Maria found it difficult to find classes and events for children that fit their busy schedule. Shine on Kids NYC runs an alternative schedule to give families the opportunity to bond, learn, and grow together through musical experiences. Join me now in my conversation with Miss Maria of Shine on Kids NYC. Hi there and hello everybody and welcome to the Love City Arts Podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow. I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast and also now the TV show. Maria Del Valle is a music teacher, activist, single mother, and creator of arts programs. And we're so glad to have her on the TV show and podcast today. Thanks for being here, Maria. No, thank you. Thanks to you. Thank you for this opportunity. Of course, of course. I knew from the moment I met you that your energy was vibrant and strong and passionate and fiery. And I knew that at some point, I didn't know when in the future we would collaborate, but I'm so glad that it's today. Yes, yes. Yes, this is great. So tell us a little bit about yourself in addition to what I've said. I said you're a music teacher, activist, single mother in creative arts programs. How does that all come together for you? So I teach elementary music by day, and on the weekends, I have my own music program for families. So it's a music program that's geared for toddlers and their parents to participate. What is it called? It's called Shine on Kids NYC, and it's based in Uptown Manhattan. Very, very cool. And how did you come uh, to start that programming? That's a very interesting question. So... I had, um, I had a daughter two and a half years ago, and at the same, that I ha- the same time that I had her, um, I was laid off from my orchestra position. <clears throat> so um, I suddenly had my weekends free, and I started to go to mommy and me music programs. And my daughter would cry <laughs> because they would, take it, they would give her an instrument, and two minutes later, they'd take that instrument away. And I kept saying to her, like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, we have these instruments at home. Like, we're going to keep singing at home. And then at that moment, like, I realized, like, oh, we have these instruments at home. Like, we could be doing this ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. in our own neighborhood, you know. Because I was having to travel to go to be able, other than Harlem, to go and um, attend these classes. So a couple months later, 
I got licensed in um, early childhood music and started offering the classes in Harlem. Wow, 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 wow. How long did it take you to get licensed? Um, a day and a half. I just had to wait um, for the, the, the actual training to happen in my city. Wow, 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 wow. So, so, so cool. So, okay, so that's the, that's the creative arts program piece. Tell me about your activism. Yes, so I only teach in spaces where I'm needed. So I've dedicated myself to only teaching in schools that don't have an arts program or in communities where I'm, I'm working with inner city kids or abroad, again, where they don't have access to music education. So I would say that's the first, that's the first point. I, um, I teach music. I don't teach Afrocentric music. That's usually the, the curriculum that we find in schools today. I teach music from all over the world. I refuse mm -hmm. to, to take music from other continents and say that it's the other. Um, so I write curriculum based off of that. I do teach instruments like violin and other orchestral instruments, but again, that's taking instruments that are only afforded to the rich and giving it to students that wouldn't have the opportunity. And yes. then lastly, um, I take part in a lot of protests and rallies and take my daughter to them. So, um, so you, gra you grab the baby up and you say, hey, we're, we're about to go out here and speak truth to power. Right, like we, and, and she does it. She loves it. The last um, protest that we went to um, during the, the children's separations when that first came to light, yeah. she was shouting, um, rain, rain, go away. <laughs> yes, yes. And she was two years old. <laughs> so I would say those are the three, the three ways that I um, intentionally um, work as an activist. Yeah, you're, you're literally going into the spaces that are the driest and saying, let me pour this water of my artistic love out onto these children. Yeah. Um, I, this has nothing to do with, with music, but recently the, my company that I uh, work for, my day job, they, um, they're planning a ski trip that's coming up very, very soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're like, um, who wants to go on the ski trip? And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't usually go on a ski trip. I think it's been like 15 years since I skied. But for the culture, I'm going to go up there because yeah. I believe that more black and brown people need to be on the slopes because there are just things that we as a people are not exposed to. Like I didn't grow up skiing on anybody's mountain. A lot of us did not grow up with violins in our hands. A lot right. of us did not grow up been exposed to like deep classical music. And so for the culture, we have to introduce, we have to induce and introduce ourselves into these spaces and then let our black and brown children know that, hey, there's space for you here as well. And we've seen that when we are given the opportunity in these spaces, we soar. Exactly. exactly. We soar. And I think that's universal for anyone, black and brown, red, purple, whatever your color is. If you've got the tools and you're given the opportunity, you can become so much more than what you thought um, you would have. But you have mm -hmm. that people like you in those spaces of saying, hey, like, I'm going to create this. Right. So kudos to you for that. Kudos Thanks. to you for that. So now you're giving love to the next generation. I want to talk briefly about when you fell in love with art yourself. Um, 
My, I come from a long line of musicians in my family, especially on my mom's side of the family. Um, everyone seems to be a musician in each generation, but it manifests in different ways. So my great-grandparents were um, singers and songwriters of, like, of romantic music. And then my mother, she sometimes she's a gospel singer. Sometimes she's a classical cellist. It just, or sometimes she sings with a salsa band. So it dep depends on what, <laughs> what season of life she's in. Yes. Uh, she's great at all three. Um, my uncle is a producer of reggaeton music. My brother is a radio host. And for myself, I'm a flute player. And yes. I, um, but I'm an arts educator. And so, you know, um, some family members would never want to teach kids. Some family members are all about it. Um, but I think that the common thread is, is having that musical talent. <laughs> I started playing the flute when I was nine years old and was all about marching band. And, um, did you, wait, did you march out in these streets? Did you like march? I did. I was, I went to university of Florida. My very last game, I was there during the Tim Tebow era. My very last game was the national championship. I was out there. <laughs> like just hot stepping information. Yeah. I got my, the feathers on my head, everything. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Um, but it, you know, I think like having that experience of being in bands, like opened up so much for me because I, um, I got to travel. So like I got my love of travel through the opportunity of performing at various games and going to different competitions. Um, I learned confidence in myself by like going out there and doing these auditions and, you know, being 13 years old, fighting to be that first chair player. Um, through that experience, that's what got me my music scholarship to be able to attend college for free, which I needed because I don't know how college would have been paid for otherwise. So mm -hmm. I fell in love with music for the artistic expression of it, but also like the opportunities that it gave me. I love it. I love it. Um, and so do you have any favorite teachers that you remember? Who were the, who were the Miss Del Valle's in your life growing up? Um, I, you know, I was, my mom, I said that she's a classical cellist and she, I went, well, I was always at her concerts and rehearsals, but there was one where she was like, you have to come because there's this awesome flute player playing a concerto today and you're going to love her. Mm -hmm. And I went and it was true. I was like, wow, like I want to play like you one day. I was, I think I was like 15 or 16 years old. And during the intermission in the restroom, I ran, I like ran into her and I was like, she's like washing her hands. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're so great. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and she, and she told me she was a professor at the university of Florida. So mm -hmm. it was that moment that I was like, okay, great. Like, so that's the college I'm going to go to and I'm going to study with you. And it motivated me. I mean, from that point on, I was like practicing three hours a day. Um, got a, myself like a private lessons teacher so that I could meet my goal. And I did. I was accepted into her studio, and she was the person who really um, guided me for the next four years in college. Wow. Really, 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 really incredible. Um, tell me about how your love of art and your love of music has rescued you in a time of need. Um. 
earlier I mentioned being laid off from my orchestra job. Mm. So that was a time where that income was really was my my savings because I had another full-time job as an elementary music teacher. Um, but when I had my daughter, I found myself alone. So I didn't know I was going to be a single mom, but I was now a single mom. And I didn't have my savings. And I needed to pay for daycare, which is a huge expense. Right. So, um, and trying to figure that out, I looked at so many different possibilities for part-time work to supplement my income or really to get the income that would be enough to support my family and nothing really hit home for me and what I realized was that I needed to be doing something that I was passionate about I didn't want to be um selling something that I didn't really like um so when I came about the mommy and me music classes like I knew that that was it yeah. Because it was also going to benefit my daughter because she, she, could, she could take part in my classes. And I was going to meet other parents from my community and give them something that I myself knew that we didn't have access to in Harlem. Mm -hmm. So all of those three things came together. So it's been really great because it's given me the income that I need to support my daughter. But at the same time, giving us, linking us to so many different families in this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that story is that your, your income is a direct reflection of your desire to serve. Exactly. Like you, you didn't set out here saying, look, I'm going to go into these neighborhoods and I'm going to make all of this money and then I'm going to like, you know, teach my classes and I'm going to walk out. You're literally saying like, this is part of service for me. Mm -hmm. And then... And then I'm able also to be uplifted through service. Exactly. And I live here, you know, and when I go outside, I see my students. I see my students that learn to take their first steps in my classroom mm. because they were trying to get a maraca from me, <laughs> you know, and, and then I go and I see, and we play together in the park, you know, with my daughter. So now it's, it's, it's um, brought my community together. <laughs> tell me about how love I mean beyond the obvious tell me the other ways that love presents itself in your personal artistry and in your work how does love show up um I start my class by telling parents every every time that my class is participatory you know you sing the songs and you dance the songs and if for you that's bringing that's taking you out of your your comfort zone then there's nothing more powerful than your, your child seeing you do that. Mm. We also are here to bond and to laugh and to grow together. And so every single class, what I'm telling them is, like, this is about family time. This is about love. We know that there's benefits to music. We know that there's, um, you know, that they're going to improve their fine motor skills and that they're, you know, they're going to stretch their brains. That's great. But let's focus on the bonding and the love for the next 45 minutes. Yes. Yes. I think that there are a lot of adults on the planet who could, who could probably show up in a very participatory way um, and show up for themselves in love in the same way. How, how have you seen the adults on the flip side affected positively by the experiences with your, with your classes? Well, I'm a working mom, so I can't, have a class on a weekday in the morning you know my classes have to happen on a Saturday morning or they have to happen in the evening 
So this is giving um, other working moms and dads the opportunity to participate in my class because it's based off of an alternative schedule. So I see a lot of parents come into my class with gratitude that that there's a class that they can come to. Mm -hmm. So um, that's definitely one way. And a lot of parents that maybe used to play an instrument that don't anymore or that are really, really busy and don't get the chance to just um, to just laugh and play as often as they would like, this has given them the space to do so. So cool. So cool. You, men you mentioned gratitude. Um, if you could take a breath right now and tell me what you're most grateful for in your experience, what would those things be? Um, in my experience specifically with Shine On Kids, I've seen so many friends and family members support me. Um, I've had friends and family who don't even have children themselves, but have um, picked up their, their nieces and nephews and brought them to my class. Or, you know, just because they see the pictures, they see the videos, and they want to take part in it, and they want to support me. Um, and I've seen, you know, my friends um, share their information about the program or come in from other boroughs. I've had a friend that came. I live in Harlem. She came all the way from Canarsie, <laughs> Brooklyn, because she wanted her son to take part in my class. So I'm very grateful for um, my friends, my family that, that support me and that have gone above and beyond in order to do so. Wow, that's cool. And then personally in your own life, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful to be able to um, share my art with my daughter. Mm. She can run the class at this point. Yes. <laughs> do so. She's two, but she's been able to do so since she was one. You know, um, so I'm very, very grateful to have something that she can be included in. So cool, so cool. How do people find out more about your brand and your business? So you can find me on my website, shineonkidsnyc.com. We're on Instagram as well, under the same name, and I also have a Facebook page. Shine on Kids. Shine on Kids NYC. NYC. Shine on Kids NYC on Instagram, on the web, and also on Facebook. That's so amazing. Um, are, are you planning to expand your programs? Or are you going to keep it small and then continue to scale? Or how's that going to go for you? So I'm going to add yoga classes. Okay. So um, I'm working with an, another local mom and setting a schedule in order to start offering that. And For, for the kids? For kids and, and their parents. So every program is family-based. So it's kids and the parents. So that'll be really cool. Um, That's great. I, yes, I'm super excited. I am working on building a team of classical musicians to start offering free group music classes to kids in Harlem. Yeah. So I so if if anyone out there is interested and you play a classical instrument, please um, get in contact with me because this is going to be an opportunity to not only teach music to students but to also mentor students. So the vision is to have kids that are between the ages of 7 and 10 learning instruments like the recorder, the violin, viola, cello, to eventually start a youth orchestra program. Yes. I, I see you stepping into that vision like, with, like gangbusters. Like, this is, this is really, really cool stuff. 
that actually surprised me. That's a piece that I didn't know. And that's amazing. Yes, because all, you know, my right now I'm working with babies and toddlers, but all of our children are growing. So they need yes. something to, to get in, you know, that's going to be age appropriate and for them to keep growing yeah. with their musical skills. So that's the next step. But to make that happen, I need to have like an awesome team ready. Of course, of course. I've always said that one of the greatest things you could give a child, and one of the greatest things that's been given to me is the, um, is belief. If you can believe in a seven through 10 year old, if you can believe in a kid and like show them that like, here are the tools. And like, I believe that you can play this instrument, that you can create this music, that gift of belief and that gift of connection will sail them through the rest of their lives. They'll never forget um, Miss Del Valle, like they'll, is that what they call you? They call me at, at my day job, they call me Miss Del Valle, and then kids on the weekends, they call me Miss Maria. Miss Maria. Yeah. Well, Miss Maria, I'm so grateful for you being on the TV show and podcast today. Like, this has just been freaking fantastic. Uh, I, I always end each episode with three fill in the blanks, but before I do, is there anything else you want to say to the audience? No, thank you for um, giving me the space to share information about the projects that I'm working on. And I'm really loving um, what you're doing through this program. You know, we're, we're spiritual siblings, so we're in this thing together. <laughs> we're in this thing together. We're going to just keep growing higher and higher in 2019. I'm like super excited about it. <laughs> All right, so here are your three fill in the blanks. Um, love is. Love is um, sharing your light with others. Hmm. Joy is finding what truly makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. And then lastly, freedom is being who you are. Wow. wow. Well, Miss Maria Del Valle, I'm so glad that you have found who you are and that you are being who you are and that you brought that. Um, into this space today and that you're bringing it into Harlem. Like, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you, thank you. today's podcast, I want to invite you to like, share, comment, and tweet about this episode. Your comments help me to make this podcast the best that it can be and continue to share the love. Don't forget to pass this episode on to someone that you may know that might need an extra pick-me-up as well. Also, feel free to visit lovecityarts.org. We've got more episodes, monthly giveaways, upcoming in-person events, uplifting blogs, and a book club on the way. Love City exists to uplift artists, the ones that love them, and the inner creative genius in us all. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for another uplifting episode from the Love City Arts Podcast.